Welcome to this week's Heathcliff. My name is Dave. This is the podcast where I uh, analyze and describe every uh, panel of Heathcliff, the syndicated comic, um, for reasons that escape me. Not sure why I do it, but I do it. I didn't really do it for the past couple weeks, um, which I'm sorry for. I first uh, was visiting my parents at the facility they now both live in. And then the weekend after that, I was still sad because I had done that. And then uh, this most recent weekend was uh, was Thanksgiving. Uh, so as you do, my wife and I went to Canada <laughs> to not be as sad, which was nice. Uh, but as a result, I haven't really been uh, keeping up with this project, and I'm sorry about that. Um, best, I think, to just get right back into it. So my plan is to do all of the Heathcliff comics for the first week I missed. That's the week of November 5th, and I will do those today, and then I will try to get caught up uh, for the rest of them as the week goes on, and hopefully by the end of this week, we'll all be caught up and ready for next week. How's that sound? Great! All right, so uh, let's get right into it. This is the Heathcliff panel for Monday, November 5th. As always, if you like, you can read along on Go Comics's webpage for Heathcliff at gocomics.com slash Heathcliff, or you can just listen to me. All right, so. Suburban street setup, as often is the case. We've got a... Um, a sidewalk that extends from mid-panel right to lower panel left. We've got an incredibly curved earth. We've got three suburban homes in the background that are so far away, they've light shifted to gray, but for some reason, um, the shrubs and trees around them have not. They are normal green colored. There's a lawn. Heathcliff is walking by. Heathcliff is on the sidewalk walking um, towards uh, lower panel left. Uh, right now, he is in the exact dead center of the panel. In one of the trees, the tree closest to uh, the panel edge, and therefore us, are two birds. The two blue, the two blue birds we often see, they comment upon Heathcliff. Uh, like a Greek chorus might. Heathcliff looks uh, uh, as he always does, uh, with one notable difference. We can't see his eyes, and we can't see the top of his head, because he is wearing a helmet, and the helmet looks like it comes down over his eyes. Uh, so not sure how he's getting around. Um, but Heathcliff does seem to have some pretty preternatural powers, so the fact that he can see without seeing should surprise nobody. Anyway, he's uh, wearing this helmet. It's yellow, um, and it says Monday on it. So he's wearing a yellow helmet, it says Monday. This comic came out on a Monday, 
and one of the birds is speaking and providing the caption for the panel. And the bird is saying, I hate Mondays. Uh, that's kind of kind of Garfield's thing. Not sure what it means to put uh, the words of Garfield a cat into the words of a blue bird that is viewing a cat. I think it's probably significant in some way, but I, I, for the life of me, I cannot figure out how. It's also unclear what aspect of Monday this bird is objecting to, because if you're reading this panel in real time, or on Go Comics' webpage where the date is displayed, you will realize that this is being released on a Monday. So the bird could be commenting on that, just the idea of Mondays in general. But then there's Heathcliff wearing this helmet. The helmet says Monday. So the bird may be commenting on that in some way. These birds are intelligent enough. It would know that the helmet itself is not Monday. They might associate uh, the helmet with Mondays, but then we're already in a Monday situation, it being Monday when this is released. So there's a bunch of confusing stuff that's happening here as often is the case in Heathcliff, with no real rise and then fall that you expect from comedy. No, no tension and then release. Just stuff and then a shrug. Let's move on to Tuesday. Tuesday... November 6th. Ew. Sorry, I, um, I didn't look at these before, before, uh, before releasing them or before reading them. So, uh, you're, you're getting me in, in real time here. Uh... I mean, uh, uh whoa. okay. Um, we're on the corner of the suburban home, or the sub uh, a suburban lot, I should say. In the background are a couple more suburban buildings that have shifted to gray, even though the trees, etc., around them, blah blah blah. Um, there's a large void of empty space in the, um, right upper quadrant of the panel that indicates that the world just falls off, I guess. Um, like I said, we're on the corner, the corner, uh, one, one edge of the corner, um, is described by a sidewalk that runs from the lower right side of the panel to about one-third of the way up the left side of the panel. And then another edge of the corner is described by a sidewalk that runs from that edge, or that uh, that part of the panel, to mid-panel-ish. 
right. And then the rest of the panel is background. So again, those across the street from that corner, there's uh, those two buildings I described. There's a lawn. Um, there's a yellow tree because it's autumn. In the on the corner we're observing, there's a red tree. You know, leaves, orange, yellow, and red are falling. Uh, Heathcliff is seated at a booth on the corner we are observing. He's roughly middle of the panel. Um, and the setup is sort of like a lemonade stand, you know. Heathcliff selling, selling a drink. Across the street are the uh, two kids we always see associated with Heathcliff. They stand in, I guess, for the birds in this case. They are the Greek chorus, as it were. Uh, there's the one who's blonde, who's always wearing a red cap. He's wearing black pants, uh, yellow shoes, and has a blue striped shirt with his hands thrust in his pockets. The other is, I believe, wearing glasses. He's got a propeller beanie on. He always has a propeller beanie on. It's kind of his thing, I guess. Red shirt, uh, blue cross-hatched pants that don't quite go all the way to the bottoms of his legs, and yellow shoes. He must be cold because, again, it is autumn and the leaves are falling. Now, like I said, Heathcliff's seated at this sort of, like, booth or table that uh, implies a lemonade stand-type setup. He's got a pitcher in front of him. He's got some cups. In the pitcher is a brown liquid. And um, on the table itself, uh, where the eye would naturally fall, is a sign... And the sign says, Beef Cider. Beef Cider. I think about how lonely Heathcliff must be. It's not just that he's uh, terrifying and that certainly almost anybody who hangs out with him, whether it's the other cats who play in his band or wear his shirts that say meat um, or the people he lives with or anybody else, you know, it's not just that they're uh, um, scared of him. It's that even the ones that aren't scared of him are only there because they're scared of him. So retract that. They're all scared of him. They're all hanging out with him. He has never had a conversation with anybody if he converses, and that's not clear. But he's never had a conversation with anybody that's just been like on an equal footing where they're talking as um, friends. He only has conversations that are transactional, where somebody, where he is either trying to extract through fear or alternatively, where somebody is trying to get him. Uh, to keep him happy or make him happy so that he does not harm them. In other words, so that whatever mercurial thing he needs or desires is met, but not because anybody wants to make him happy qua happiness. It's because uh, 
they they need him to be happy in order to survive. Having relationships that are not genuine, um, that are just based on that, either, you know, um, just based on that transactional nature. It'd be like if everybody in your life was a, was a terrified barista, you know? Nothing, nothing would be genuine. And I wonder if that leads Heathcliff to this place. This not understanding place where he would try to reach out maybe and provide the neighborhood with, with, with a service. Something he, th- he thinks they might want. And no one is going to give him a genuine answer as to whether or not they want that. And every time he has walked around wearing a sign that says meat or stolen from a meat place, people have reacted in a way that indicates to him that this must be popular. This must be sad for him, but in a way he can't understand. Nobody's going to come and eat and drink his beef cider. There's not even a sign that says it costs a dollar. He's probably giving it away because he thinks people want it. Because he doesn't know what people want because he is profoundly alone. Let's move on to the Heathcliff comic for Wednesday, November 7th, 2020. Heathcliff is in a bathroom, presumably the bathroom for the home he lives in, and, uh, you know, there's a sink in the background, a towel, there's no toilet visible, which is a little odd, um, but we get the sense that this is a bathroom. I hope you can't hear the car alarm that's going off in the background, but I apologize if you can. Uh, so anyway, Heathcliff's in the bathroom. He's standing in the middle of the panel. His back is sort of to us in like this sort of three-quarter way where we can see um, his nose and his whiskers, but uh, not much more of his face. It occurs to me we never really see Heathcliff full-faced. Hmm. Interesting. Standing in the door of the bathroom observing Heathcliff is the kid... um, who he lives with. Um, And uh, I think that kid's name is Ziggy, but I could be wrong about that. I could just be making that up. Uh, And uh, he's wearing his usual outfit, blue striped shirt, black pants, yellow shoes. He's blonde. He's not wearing his red cap, I guess, because he's indoors and he's he's a respectable young man. He's standing with a girl who's... uh, wearing uh, those black shoes with a strap. Um, Are those saddle shoes? I don't know. I I don't know from fashion, but I feel like that might be them. Uh, She's wearing a skirt, sort of a pleated pink skirt, a lighter pink uh, lady's top coat, and a white shirt. 
And um, my phone is ringing and it says scam likely, so I'm going to skip that. No scam for me, thank you. Sorry for that. Um, she's wearing a white shirt. She's got brown hair. Um, and like I said, they're watching Heathcliff. And Heathcliff is standing on a scale in the center of the panel. And unusually, there's a word bubble in this comic. Uh, and the word bubble is coming from the scale itself, which is saying, Gah! So Heathcliff stepped onto a scale, and the scale responded, Gah! G-A-H! Exclamation point. The boy and the girl are, like I said, observing this, because I guess that's what you do when you got nothing else to do. I, I mean, I was I was a kid once, and you spent a lot of time being being really bored as a kid. Um, I remember when we were teenagers, we used to like pile into my friend's car and just see how far we could coast, you know, without without pressing the accelerator. We were bored, um, and. Uh, this uh, this kid is bored enough that he's decided to watch his cat weigh himself, bring his little girlfriend along. Who that must be that must be sad for her. Um. Anyways, the scale has, like I said, responded with "ga" to Heathcliff stepping onto it, and the and Ziggy. I'm gonna call him Ziggy. I don't know if it's that's a name, but Iggy. Maybe it's Iggy. I think it's Iggy. Iggy is speaking. Uh, speaking for himself, but also for all of us. He says, it's a talking scale. Clearly, <laughs> it, said, it said something when Heathcliff stepped upon it. Um, yeah, which is, uh, I mean, what are we doing here? Because being overweight is Garfield's thing. That's not, that's not Heathcliff's thing. Heathcliff's thing is, to, is being being cool he's I mean he's pudgy he's definitely drawn like snowmanish, but so's every creature in this so's Iggy so's his girlfriend that's just sort of the style of, of, of Heathcliff I never stopped to consider that everybody in Heathcliff maybe maybe overweight which I don't I can't decide if that's a comment on something or not um it's certainly not something Gallagher weighs in on very... Ha, 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 ha. Uh, yeah. Certainly not something Gallagher wades into very much, and I think that's probably a good idea. Um, and so I will uh, take that cue to move on to the comic for Thursday, November 8th. <sighs> okay. This time we're on we're on a different corner. We're on a corner in the city. So a corner lot. In the background, we can see the buildings of the city. You can see it's a, it's exactly the same style of corner as before. So just put that into your head. Except now now it's a city corner. So instead of uh, suburban background, it's buildings. Uh, and on the corner, instead of Heathcliff serving uh, meat cider, um, 
We've got uh, uh, a, um, a, a an establishment, a business uh, we're looking into. And um, standing outside the establishment are is the elderly woman uh, who lives with Heathcliff and her younger friend. Um, and they are just drawn so strangely. Um, they're both uh, bare-legged, uh, wearing skirts uh, and what look like white high-heeled shoes, black skirt for the elderly woman, a pink skirt for the younger woman. They're both got identical bags, except for the color, slung over their right shoulders and held with their right hands. Uh, young woman's bag is red. Old woman's bag is blue. They're both wearing three button uh, top coat, uh, like ladies suit coat type things. Um, they went shopping at the identical store and just bought different colors. Old woman, uh, purple, uh, young woman, pink. Again, young woman's got brown hair, wears glasses. Old woman has white hair and is wearing a, what looks like a pearl earring in her right ear. Can't see her left ear. I assume it's on, also on the left. All right. So then they are looking into the establishment uh, where Heathcliff is seated with his back to us. Um, and it's, sh- it's all shaded uh, blue. There's no color inside the establishment, presumably because we're looking through a pane of glass. Um, and Heathcliff is seated with his back to us. Like I said, across a table from him is a man who's got uh, steepled fingers. Um, his, his elbows are on you know, the table, and he's listening. Intent, he's, he's, he's got the posture of intent listening. Behind him are some books on shelves. Um, it looks like a professional space. And written on the window, uh, in the same way that all establishments in the Heathcliff universe are um, uh, defined, are the words cat law. C-A-T-L-A-W, cat law. The older woman is speaking, observing the scene, and she's saying to the younger woman, or to us, or to nothing in particular, lawyers are so specialized nowadays. I guess I sort of wonder how they got to this point. Like, did Heathcliff escape, and they put on their best pantsuits to follow him? or skirt suits, or whatever this... uh, I've never seen a woman dressed this way. Um, Did... uh, Are they concerned that Heathcliff is going to sue them, so they've followed him, and now they've found... Why is Heathcliff going to an attorney? Heathcliff doesn't need legal help, and any... I mean, the, the overlap between Heathcliff and Trump... Um, I don't like to say this, but it's like Heathcliff wouldn't be able to get an attorney that was any good. He'd have like a Michael Cohen style attorney because Heathcliff is a criminal, you know, 
So like any attorney is going, who's worth anything and wants to maintain a career is going to be like, I think I should stay away from this guy. I like being in respectable society. I, like if you become a criminal's attorney, um, like a mob, a mob attorney, you're going to have to become a mob associate because those are the only people who are going to associate with you. It's not like you're going, like your alma mater is going to be like, ah, Vanderbilt Law wants to, uh, uh, you know, fet the mob consigliere, uh, whatever. You know, like they're going to be like, uh, we'll we'll talk to this guy who runs the corporate division of Exxon or whatever. I, and, and they're all. I mean, that's also a criminal thing to do, but it's much more respectable. As P, also, this guy's in cat law. Which is tiring. It's tiring to think about. Let's move on. The comic for Friday, November 9th. Okay. Sure. We're at a bus stop. We know we're at a bus stop because there's a yellow sign that says bus stop receding in the distance is the city you can see some buildings peeking out over the top of some low shrubs so this bus probably is coming to the suburbs to pick these people up um and we've got the i mean they're all sort of facing us waiting for the bus standing on the sidewalk they take up most of the panel these people there's five of them from right to left. There's a man wearing a brown overcoat, red tie. He's got a, an arm. He's got a satchel uh, and black pants, black shoes. And we've got a guy wearing a blue suit, black tie. He's holding a briefcase. We've got a woman with, who's blonde. She's wearing that purplish pantsuit skirt thing again I don't understand what it's meant to be then we've got Heathcliff's elderly male owner I'll return to him in a moment and we've got a woman that he's speaking to this is a rare Heathcliff panel where there's a definite conversation occurring between two individuals in the panel as opposed to someone saying something for the benefit of the audience. Now, the punchline is for the benefit of the audience, but you can understand why this conversation is happening, at least. So uh, Heathcliff's um, owner is speaking to another woman who's sort of gay, uh, who's also wearing a weird, bulky uh, pant skirt suit thing and gazing at him quizzically. Now, she's the only person who doesn't have a cat on her head. Everyone else has a cat on their head. There's a white cat and a gray cat, a yellow cat on, on the blonde woman, and, of course, on Heathcliff's owner is Heathcliff himself. Now, I, I, a couple things. One, Heathcliff's owner is an elderly man. He's old. He's also holding a lunch pail like the type you would take to like a work site. 
So what, I mean, like, he has not been able to retire, and he's still in construction, basically, is the implication here, which is sad for him, but he owns a psychotic, mean-spirited cat and probably has to keep working to pay off the debts incurred therefrom. How, how crushing for him. But anyway, everyone's got a cat on their head except this woman who's looking at them quizzically. And the elderly man who owns Heathcliff is saying something to her. And he provides the caption to the panel, which is, Bring your cat to work day. This seems like a good way to lose cats. Um, because cats are not terribly domesticated, so as soon as you take them outside the home, a good percentage of them are just going to leave. Uh, It also, I mean, why are they on their heads as opposed to in carriers? It's, It's bring your cat to work day, not bring your cat to work day and keep it on your head which would be a very weird stipulation of bring your cat to work day. And that's Friday. So here's Saturday, November 10th, rounding out the week, I believe. Just loading it up, and there we go. Heathcliff for Saturday, November 10th, 2018. We're in a backyard, I think, in the suburbs. It's nighttime. Weird um, moon in front of a dark cloud is in the top left of the panel. Gray buildings are in the background. In the foreground is Heathcliff. He is seated, perched atop four overturned garbage cans. So he's four cans high in the air, which is roughly, I mean, that would be about the size, as high as a low branch of a tree or something like that. And he's up there, <clears throat> and he's writing something. We can see papers in his hand, and he has a pencil. His legs are crossed, one over the other. He's writing. Behind the curve of the earth, which is extremely close and extremely uh, violent, are two garbage men. They each have a garbage can in their hands. And they're just sort of walking through. It's weird th- for them to do because, like, you, you take the garbage out to the curb, you know, and then the garbage men come. They don't walk onto your property. That'd be weird. But these garbage men have walked onto the property, picked up two garbage cans, turned around, and are walking back off the property. And they've seen Heathcliff, and they're looking up at him. One says to the other, Another garbage night haiku.
I got, I mean, why do you need to be on garbage to write a garbage night haiku? Why do you need to be high up in the air to write a garbage night haiku? Why do they know it's a garbage night haiku as opposed to another type of poetry, prose, or anything else? Why is Heathcliff capable of writing haiku at all? Why aren't these garbage men angry that Heathcliff has made a mess of the garbage and they're going to have to clean it up? And why does another garbage night haiku explain anything that these two would be conversing about? Sometimes it's best to end on a mystery. So I'll end it there. Thanks, as always, for listening. As always, please do not rate or review this on iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, whatever you use to download it. But if you liked it, tell a friend. um, And have a great, however long it is until I next record an episode and send it out into the world. Be good.